0: Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me on liveto110.com. And today we are interviewing Dr. Kim Millman, an ND and PhD that has focused her practice on bone health and osteoporosis. She has just come out with an interesting tool called Calcium Checkup, where you can find that at calciumcheckup.com, and she's going to be talking to us today on the show about how one can determine their calcium needs. And we're also gonna be talking about whether or not you could be at risk for osteoporosis and what you can do to prevent it. This is a really important show because so many men and women eventually develop this painful and sometimes fatal condition. But first, we have to do our disclaimer. Uh, please keep in mind that this show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, even though we are interviewing a doctor. <laughs> the Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we suggest on this show. And everyone, if you haven't done so already, go check out my Modern Paleo Cooking Show on YouTube. You can find that at Wendy to 110 You can just search for that on YouTube. I've got about six episodes up so far. We just started a little while ago, and I'll be shooting about three a month or more and just keep cranking out those, uh, those cooking shows to show you how to eat the diet that I recommend, which is called the Modern Paleo Diet that I talk about. All about an outline in my book, The Modern Paleo Survival Guide, which will be out on Amazon October 1st. I'm praying I will finish it in time. I'm going to be working night and day to finish it. But our guest today is Dr. Kim Millman. Uh, She is a Stanford-trained MD, board-certified in internal medicine with a PhD in infectious disease epidemiology. She is internationally acclaimed for her medical research in the fields of population genetics and infectious disease. She has over 20 years of functional medicine training and has a thriving holistic medical practice in the San Francisco Bay Area. She believes in using whole foods and lifestyle changes to reverse chronic conditions, and she is an expert in natural medicine, mineral metabolism, and osteoporosis. Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm
1: excited to be talking about this.
0: Yes, yes. So I'm really, uh, one of my passions is bone health and because it's so important. And when we lose our bone health, that really is an indication there's lots of other problems going on in the body. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and why you decided to specialize in osteoporosis?
1: Yeah, well, I've been specializing in my private practice in mineral metabolism and osteoporosis for about five years now. And there's really two reasons why I love this subject and I'm really passionate about it. The first is that I, I don't think that there's anything besides working on minerals that I have found in my private practice that gets people better fast, faster. And it I can do simple things like use a little bit of calcium, magnesium, potassium, selenium, and people really see a difference right away. I think that people are extremely mineral deficient in this country, and we don't uh, we don't talk about it enough. And I don't think that there are people that are really knowledgeable and understand the complexities of mineral metabolism like you and I do, Wendy. And so I think it's really important for people to have access to experts like us. And I also think that it's important for um, me to uh, keep keep working and and being as current as possible in the subject and so the second thing is that there this is a huge epidemic and it's growing so those are the two reasons why i really uh really want to focus on on osteoporosis and bone health
0: well what are the rates of osteoporosis and osteopenia because i i'm really shocked at how high the rates are they're actually higher than what i thought And so, uh, you know, osteopenia, just for those who don't know, is the diagnosis one gets um, when they have the beginnings of bone loss.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I was quite shocked when when I first started to uh, specialize in osteoporosis. And since I started, the numbers are just getting worse and worse. And um, so in 2005 and 2006, the CDC um, produced uh, the, the data that out of, uh, out of men and women in the U.S. who are over 50, 9% of people have osteoporosis, and 49% of people have osteopenia. So that's a total of 58% of people over 50 in the United States have bone disease. Wow, that's incredible. The, that's, I, I think that the, that the odds are just staggeringly against you. You know, if you—that means that if you're over 50 and you're sitting in a coffee shop with your girlfriend, it's very likely that one of the two of you have bone disease. Yeah. And then the other thing that um, that I've been seeing in my practice—and of course, I specialize in osteoporosis—so I may, in fact, see people who are a little bit more advanced. But in the last year, I have seen five people. Five young adults who were in their early 30s and late 20s with bone disease. Wow! And I've I've never seen that before.
0: And it's sad because our young people—we know in the United States that they're eating tons of flour and tons of sugar, and this is uh, definitely going to be contributing to a, a bigger e- epidemic in the future because you—they're losing so much uh, bone density at younger and younger ages.
1: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think that that's why the epidemic is as bad as it is, because people don't understand the relationship between sugar and minerals. Sugar pull out all of your minerals out of your tissues and, and it increases urinary loss of, of all of your minerals. So that's absolutely true.
0: So you mentioned to me that this increasing epidemic of bone disease is what prompted you to come up with a tool that helps to predict if someone is on the path to osteoporosis decades before it happens. Can you tell us a little bit about your tool, Calcium Checkup, that people can find at calciumcheckup.com?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, because of this huge epidemic and because I was seeing uh, these patients come into my office earlier and earlier with bone disease. It was it, this year when I did my research to, to um, become current and make sure that I was doing everything that I could to have a, a really powerful program to help people. It was different for me because of this huge epidemic. So every year I research um, osteoporosis and I go to a conference every year at UCSF and, and learn about all the, the differences in tradi- traditional treatment and traditional diagnosis. But then I do my own research because I, I want to be current on, on both ends where I'm current traditionally and I'm also current in the natural solutions area. So this year, I um, I studied for six weeks, and I read over 100 papers. And I really set out to find something that quantitatively would help me to p- predict whether a person was on a path to, to bone disease. And so what I did was that I, I've i always been interested in knowing what is the root cause of, of chronic conditions. So For me, bone disease has five, and they're very similar to other uh, diseases and chronic conditions that we think about. And so it's inflammation, acidity, hormone imbalances, nutritional deficiencies, and toxicity. So what I did was I was looking at calcium metabolism and all things about calcium. uh, And what I found was that all the root cause factors were there in calcium's journey so it's you need exercise and estrogen to increase the absorption of calcium you need and and then calcium getting from the blood into the bone you need vitamin k you need estrogen you need exercise inflammation will bring uh calcium out of the bone uh, and uh, and and too much salt will increase losses of, of calcium. And so all of these root cause factors were there. acidity will increase urinary losses. So that it was really important to me to find um, a way of of being able to predict where a person stood and and that and I, I realized that understanding calcium metabolism, in really fine detail would actually get me there.
0: Yeah. You told me that when you, uh, you used your tool to run your own numbers that you were terrified. <laughs> Can you explain that to the listeners a little
1: bit? I was, well, let, let me um, explain a little bit, a little bit more to okay, you yeah. so about the, about the process too. Um, Cause you, you're going to need a little bit of background before I, I okay. explain my own numbers. So as I was doing this, um, the, Uh, I was finding that that people that that there were experts who are looking at something called calcium balance and calcium balance is really like I like to look at it as being like your checkbook. You have withdrawals and you have deposits. And so your your deposits are the food you take and the supplements you take. And then your withdrawals are your losses through sweat and through urine and, and through your stool. Well, all the experts were doing calcium balance studies, but they were all disagreeing about their, whether their model was best and, and you know, who had the best model. So the RDA was set based on calcium balance studies, and uh, it was found that your calcium balance was related to your age your gender and whether you had high-demand states like pregnancy or lactation. And so a woman over 50 needs 1200 milligrams of calcium based on the RDA. Well, to me, that seemed too high. And it also didn't, it it, it was a one size fits all equation. I thought, shouldn't people who don't have bone disease need less? And those people with bone disease need more. And shouldn't it depend on your diet and your inflammation and your acidity and all these other things that we know relate to our mineral metabolism and how well we're able to keep minerals in in our body. And so I found this work of Hunt and Johnson and they found that a neutral calcium balance occurs at 741 milligrams of calcium. So what a neutral calcium balance is, is that your deposits equal your daily losses. So I thought, well, this is simplistic as well, but maybe what I can do is I can layer onto that, um, they had calcium balance equations. So here are your deposits, and we know what your losses will be. And when you when you fill out the tool and you you know your deposits, I can come up with what your calcium balance will be based on the based on the work of Hunt and Johnson. And then layer on top of that what your goal should be based on do you have bone disease, or do you have tissue deficiency symptoms now? So I, so I, I developed this tool and then I ran my own numbers. Mm -hmm. And when I ran my own numbers, um, first of all, food is my Achilles heel and I don't do dairy. I don't do well with eggs and I even don't, and I don't do well with food. So I have a very food restricted diet. I've had one for over 20 years. So what I found was that I was very surprised to understand that I don't get a lot of calcium in my diet, even though I have a really phytonutrient-rich rich diet. You know, I eat a lot of broccoli and a lot of good protein and kale, and, and, but I don't eat dairy, so I only get 150 milligrams of calcium in my diet per day. Oops. <laughs> Then I take a multivitamin, which has about 300 milligrams of calcium in it. So I'm up to 450. But you remember, I said that neutral calcium balance occurs at 741. So I'm running 300 milligrams behind in just keeping things at bay and not stealing calcium from my, my skeleton. But if I need to replenish years and years and years of mineral starvation, I'm nowhere even close. Yeah,
0: yeah. I love that you used your tool to figure out (laughs) that you were calcium deficient on the road to osteoporosis if you didn't stop
1: it. That's exactly what I found. And in fact, when I use the calcium balance numbers, and, um, and remember I'm 300 milligrams, I need 300 milligrams more than I'm getting just for neutral. And when I ran the calcium balance numbers, I was stealing 58 milligrams of calcium from my skeleton per day. And when you then translate that into grams per year that I'm losing, and I'm losing 3% of my skeleton per year.
0: Wow. That's very compelling.
1: And that is three times higher than that of a, a postmenopausal woman. Wow. Postmenopausal woman loses about 1% per year. Mm. So, and I'm thinking, this is happening over decades, and I can't let this continue. I need to figure out how to stop this, and I need to get this tool out there so other people can find out for themselves as well. And the other thing that I realized was that there was a common denominator between myself and my 20-year-olds who had bone disease, and they, were all, they all had food sensitivities, and they all were
0: not eating dairy. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, um, I have that same thing, too, where I, you know, sometimes I can do the raw dairy and sometimes other times it doesn't agree with me. I haven't had testing yet, but I just just know that I have issues with dairy, especially pasteurized dairy. I can't do it. Um, but sometimes I get these really overwhelming cravings for brie. And um, we it's not just because I like cheese, but uh, we know that... Brie is very rich in vitamin K and vitamin K is very important for, uh, you know, calcium metabolisms to depositing it into the bone matrix. So everyone focuses so much on calcium, but what other minerals and vitamins are needed for
1: bone health as well? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And, and one of the things that people don't really understand is that if they have bone disease, this means that that your entire mineral um, stores are deficient and minerals are needed for every process in the body. So we're talking about magnesium being really important and potassium and selenium and all the trace minerals. And then, of course, vitamin K and vitamin D are super important as well. Um, but but it's it's not just it's not just calcium. It's all of the minerals. But what is really really interesting, Wendy, is that when you look at calcium metabolism, all of those minerals are there. All of the things, all of those things that I talk about all the time, are in calcium's journey. So I used to say, oh, you can't just focus on calcium. Actually, you can. You can just focus on calcium. You just have to do it in the right way and really understand calcium's complete journey.
0: Now, what do you think about these recent studies that have come out uh, from, I am not. I don't remember exactly who did the studies, but there's this uh, big hoopla about that people should not be supplementing calcium. Because when I first heard that, I thought, that is ridiculous. These studies were just um, not designed correctly. They were not using the right form of calcium. Something's off here.
1: Well, I think that it is really multifactorial. Um, Now, I haven't looked at these studies for a long, long time, so I'm not even going to be able to quote you the odds ratio. I used to know them by heart, but I don't anymore. Um, But one of the things that I thought was the most interesting thing was that there was an increased odds ratio or an increased risk of stroke and heart attack when a person took a calcium supplement by itself. Calcium supplement by itself. There was an increased rat, uh, odds ratio. And I don't, I think it was something like 70% increase odds ratio. Then what was really interesting to me was that if your dietary calcium was in the highest tertile or the highest one fifth strata of people that that were being analyzed in the population, your odds ratio was like a tenth of normal. So it's like it, it didn't make sense to me, right? It's like on the one hand, dietary calcium is really protective, but on the other hand, supplementary calcium is not protect is 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 really risky. And the other thing was that. If you took calcium with other supplements and didn't just take calcium, then it wasn't as bad as just taking calcium by itself. So that just like feeds into everything that we're talking about today, right? Minerals are complicated. You need magnesium to increase I any. Mean, you you need you need all of these things to increase calcium's journey so that calcium doesn't just come up into the blood and then get deposited there because it can't stay ionized, right? And then you're and then that's really the problem I think with heart attacks and stroke is that the calcium can't stay ionized because you need all these other things like magnesium, vitamin D, sodium, copper, things like that, all keep calcium ionized. And so they're placking out into the arteries and causing increased risk for stroke. Um, so so I think that, that you're right. I don't think that they were designed correctly because you need to look at all of these other things that are related to calcium metabolism and see how they play out.
0: Yeah, it just made me so angry when I saw all these headlines splash saying, Calcium supplementation is dangerous and increases risk of stroke and all the other diseases you were talking about. It's just uh, incredible to me because we need calcium just on a common sense, you know, face value. We need calcium for so many functions in our body. And I think it's just very, um, just irresponsible for people to, news sources to report that people should not be supplementing calcium.
1: Yeah, and and I also agree with you that I think that the, the form of the calcium that you take is really important. Um, cal, I, I think that probably a large percentage of the, the calcium that was being taken in those studies was calcium carbonate, mm-hmm. and and so we we know that it's not it's not absorbed as well as something like calcium. Uh, it and again, you just you have to look at all these other factors that just were not were not accounted for in the studies. Yeah. And then what's the discrepancy, right? The discrepancy between the fact that dietary calcium is protective and supplemental calcium is not, just it. what it says to me is that calcium is inherently good for your heart. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you take it in food where you have all of these other factors that help calcium go from the bone, to or from the blood to the bone and stay ionized calcium is really good for your heart oh yes yeah
0: well so why don't you tell everyone why it's difficult to diagnose mineral imbalances and the reason why you can't simply do blood tests so i have lots of clients coming to me saying oh i i had my blood test done my calcium and my other minerals were fine
1: and uh it's not that simple it's definitely not that simple yeah and i think that this myth gets, real, gets pop- propagated by regular uh, doctors in this country because they really don't understand mineral metabolism. And um, I, I was very fortunate that when I went to medical school, um, my endocrinology professor really showed us that you cannot look at blood levels of minerals, that they are not an accurate representation because minerals live inside of cells. And so, There are three compartments when you look at where the minerals are held. They're held in the blood, they're held in the cells, and then the the tissues, including the bones, are the storage places. So you can, let's say that you're mineral deficient and your blood levels drop then the minerals will get shunted, uh, shuttled from the inside of the cell out into the blood. And then if the cells get depleted, then the minerals will get shuttled from inside the bones out into the blood. So you're always going to be stealing from the tissues so that the blood levels stay high. So you can be terribly deficient in minerals inside your cells and inside your bones and be completely normal inside the bone and, or inside the blood, I'm sorry. The, the, the prime example of this is, is osteoporosis where you can have completely normal levels of calcium, but yet your bones are depleted of calcium. And in fact, that is the definition of osteoporosis is that your bone mineral bone mineral content is diminished in your bone minerals 99 percent of your calcium is in your bones yeah
0: yeah so we talked a little bit before the show and uh, i had no idea when i asked you to be on the this podcast um to, to talk about bone health that you were very much interested in the work of dr lawrence wilson and that you actually do hair mineral analysis on your patients and i was just so pleasantly surprised that that you use this tool, which is the tool that I use, uh, the hair mineral analysis from analytical research laboratories. And you had also said that you um, have read Dr. Wilson's text, Nutritional Balancing with Hair Mineral Analysis, about 14 times and uh, use this with your patients. So why do you use hair mineral analysis?
1: Well, the wealth of information that I can get from uh, a hair test is better than anything that I can do in my practice. So you can get toxicity levels. Uh, you can find out whether a person has any heavy metal challenges and what exact heavy metals they're challenged with. You can look to see whether you are can, you can have a good indication of their thyroid function and their adrenal functions that are completely separate from doing a blood or a salivary cortisol level or blood levels of thyroid hormone and TSHs, and you can get an indication of their sugar metabolism that's completely independent of blood levels. And just for the reasons that we talked about, a hair mineral analysis is an intracellular mineral quantification, and that's the most accurate way to look at minerals. Mm
0: -hmm. And so can you share with us some of the key symptoms that indicate mineral
1: deficiency is? Yeah, and I would think, you know, really the bottom line is it it could be almost anything. But things that people don't really understand, I think, are um, are how related uh, blood sugar instability is to uh, mineral metabolism. So things like hypoglycemia, uh, getting irritable between meals, getting headachy between meals, feeling lightheaded, uh, having sugar cravings. All of these these symptoms can be helped with sodium and uh, chromium and selenium and things like muscle cramps. We 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 kind of understand that muscle cramps can be related to mineral metabolism, um, like things like uh, but but bad uterine cramps. I don't have any patients in who who are who used to have bad menstrual cramps. They don't anymore because I just give them calcium. Calcium is Wondrous for bad uterine cramps. Uh, Charlie horses, uh, restless legs, all of these things can be helped with calcium, magnesium, potassium. Um, Adrenal function is really related to mineral metabolism. So being exhausted and thyroid metabolism. So you're looking at potassium and selenium. And um, uh, let's see, toxicity, we, we kind of already talked about. And then mood uh, anxiety and perform, uh, performance anxiety. These things are related to calcium, magnesium, and, and I just, by doing a little bit of calcium and magnesium, I can really get people to calm down and have a more stable mood.
0: Yeah. One of the interesting symptoms that I had, was uh, before I started my nutritional balancing program and really started focusing on supplementing minerals was my joints were achy and my muscles were achy and I mean, I was pulling a muscle every two weeks and I thought, I was, you know, had asked my doctor about it. I Had a naturopath; she had no answer for me. I thought, what? How is this happening? Every two weeks, I'm pulling muscles, and and it's really when that when you have adrenal fatigue and your calcium is really dumping into your hair and into your tissues, it starts calcifying your body. It starts calcifying your your joints and your your muscles, and everything gets stiff and hard and achy. That's right. Yeah, I thought that was really really interesting. And you have to supplement calcium to reduce that, it's uh, very interesting. Um, So when someone goes to their doctor and they have a a diagnosis with osteoporosis, they are usually given a prescription for bisphosphonates like uh, Boniva or Fosamax. So um, this is one question I really wanted to ask you because um, I just feel really bad for women that are, are taking these medications. Um, so, why are bisphosphonates a bad idea, and can you explain why they actually do not build strong bones and reverse osteoporosis?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to make the disclaimer that um, depending upon what your situation is, uh, you you may want to take a bisphosphonate. I wouldn't I wouldn't um, medically say that there are no situations in which you, you wouldn't want to do that. And that would be a decision that you and and your doctor would need to make. um, Right. But, but I'll just talk a little bit about the mechanism and why I have a lot of concerns. Let's just say about the, the class of drugs and think that if you can do something different and that it would be much better for you. So first of all, there's a remodeling process, a natural remodeling process in the the bone. And first of all, we have these little cells that build bone and they're called the osteoblast. And then we have these other little cells and they take away bone and they're called the osteoclasts. Well, we have this remodeling cycle that bad bone gets taken out and then good bone gets laid on top of that. And so you're constantly taking out and putting in, taking out and putting in. And it's the job of the osteoblasts and the osteoclasts to keep this, con- this this balanced out so that you're taking out and putting in at about the same rate. What happens in osteoporosis is there's more taken out than what's being put in. And so you have the, the, the loss of bone over time, Right. And so the drugs, the bisphosphonates, are built on the premise that we need to balance this situation out. So let's stop the osteoclasts from working so that we're not going to be taking out as much bone and we will be building more bone. The problem is, is that the bad bone isn't getting taken out. So now you have and and what happens is that we have these little micro fractures that happen just from walking and exercising and just daily living. And that bone needs to be taken out so that it it good bone gets put in its place. So now if you keep that bone in and you're laying bone on top of it, it's almost like um, you know, a scaffolding system where, Instead of having these really strong supports, you have these weak supports that actually have fractures and breaks in them. And so you're going to be laying down bone. And yes, it's true that if if your bones are very thin for a while, it's going to increase the strength. But after a certain point, those fractures are going to. Um, not be able to stand the weight of the extra bone, and they're going to give in. So now what we're seeing with the bisphosphonates is that there's something called an atypical fracture. And these atypical fractures happen in the long bones, the femur bones. And this is not a place where we usually fracture in osteoporosis. It's usually at the joints, right? The wrist and the, and the hip and the spine we don't usually fracture in the middle of our leg bones and it's happening with just a little bit of trauma. And, and there is, it's, it's rare, it's rare, but there is some evidence and a growing amount of evidence that it is related to bisphosphonate use, mm-hmm. especially after the five year point.
0: Uh, yeah. Cause I've heard that sometimes doctors give women, uh, this vacation for a little while.
1: That's exactly what this is all about. Is the FDA is looking at this data and they're saying, let's just stop at the five year point, and hopefully, the uh, the good that the bisphosphonates have done will, you know, will extend past the five year mark, and we won't have, and, and basically we won't have to use it again. But my my biggest concern about this is that the symptom that they're having. The side effect of the drug is the thing they're trying to prevent. Yeah, that just makes no sense to me. So I, I think that there are other like, um, you know, that I can't I can't pronounce this drug teriparatide. Uh, Actually, it is parathyroid. Mm -hmm. It's a relatively good drug if you have to take a, a drug. And there are so many natural things that you can do that are very effective for osteoporosis. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you for pointing that out, that it's not just a blanket statement that no one should take bisphosphonates, that it's just an individual basis. But I think women would be better off definitely trying. I'm sure there's some of the women that are very far gone and they, they have to. It's an emergency situation where they need to take something very quick to reverse the situation. But I think women would be uh, very much better off uh, mineralizing their body and mineralizing their bones.
1: Well, and, and you know, there are experts in, in natural solutions to osteoporosis and them like me, like I've had, I've had a few women who have had extremely bad osteoporosis with T scores of negative three and a half and have had been on bisphosphonates for a few years and really didn't tolerate them very well the side effect profile for bisphosphonates is off awful. And then they came to me and their, their bone disease is now stable and starting to reverse on just simple, natural things. Wow. I love
0: that. I love to hear that. So do you have
1: some simple tips for people so that they can protect themselves from becoming mineral deficient? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say we've already touched on this, but the number one thing I would say is to keep sugar and refined foods out of your diet because sugar just pulls minerals out of the cells very quickly and it's, it's, it, it's inflammatory and it's acidic. And so you kind of get a triple whammy with sugar. So take, take, reduce sugar as much as you can and eat really phytonutrient dense foods so that you get things like vitamin K in your diet, you know, at a high level and potassium really you know, under under recognized potassium as being a really important player in uh, bone health, but it is a big player, and so and selenium, you know, is is really important as well. So just eat really phytonutrient dense foods, and then um, and then nuts and seeds are a really good source of of uh, minerals. And seaweed is great for iodine. Um, so, you know, to try to get your food, try to get your, your minerals in your food first, you know, and then, and then you can take a multi mineral to cover most of your trace mineral needs and really work with an expert like yourself or myself to really dive deep into mineral balancing because the, 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 the amount that you can increase your health is just—it's just—it's just amazing what I see with my patients and my own personal journey with working with minerals. It's just—it's—it's it, it's completely underrecognized, and I think all of natural health, even you know, not just not just within the traditional spheres, but I don't hear a lot of people in the natural realm talking about minerals either.
0: Yeah, I don't either because I read about nutrition for years. And before I discovered nutritional balancing, and I just thought, why aren't people talking more about minerals? I mean, you hear you know an article about calcium or something, but not the knock your head over with a hammer kind of message that we need to be supplementing with minerals and lots and lots of them. It's a very different message than take your 1,000 milligrams of calcium every day.
1: Yeah, I think so too, and, and and I think it's really sad because um, I think that minerals are really at our very core for our health, right? And um, since almost all of our enzymes require min- minerals as cofactors, and they're really the limiting nutrient, uh, if you're you're really you can't get that core strength back unless you really think about minerals and get and 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 you need to do it in a very artful way. Yeah. You know, when I first started doing mineral uh, work, um, I got sick from it and because I didn't know how to do it in the right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, now, now I've developed a lot of skill around it. I know there's an art to it. And, you know, I, I, I do it in the right way now. So is your calcium checkup tool available yet? It is available. Um, I'm really proud of my calcium checkup tool. It took me months to develop this tool, but I made it super easy for people. You don't need any lab tests, um, it, and, and it'll only take you about five minutes to take the quiz. Um, and so what I did was, in order to describe it, and I came up with this little acronym for people to kind of understand what they're going to get and how it's going to uh, take you through the process and walk you through uh, your calcium checkup. And um, I call it the ABCDs of your calcium checkup. And A is for tissue adequacy. So you really want to know, do you have calcium deficiency symptoms now? Uh, things like anxiety um, and uh, and having uh, muscle cramps. Uh, and Or do you have bone disease now? So whether you have any of these calcium symptoms or you have bone disease, that's going to tell you what your tissue adequacy is. And then B is for calcium bookkeeping. So you want to know what your deposits and your withdrawals are. So I take you and walk you through and you you, uh, answer all these questions about your diet to see what are your deposits from food and what are your deposits from supplements. And then my tool goes in and it calculates what your calcium balance is based on your deposits and what your withdrawals will be. And so then you'll get, okay, like for for myself, my calcium balance was negative 58 milligrams per day. And then I then translate that into, okay, if your calcium balance is overdrawn like that, how much are you potentially going to lose from your skillet in in a year from having that kind of loss? And then C is customized goal. And that's really based on tissue adequacy. If if you, um, no one should ever have a calcium balance that's overdrawn, that's bad for anyone, right? You at least need a neutral calcium balance. But do you need more than that? And then that's your calcium goal. And then there's the danger assessment. And that's just simply, are you meeting your calcium goal? And if you're not, you're in the danger zone. And the important thing is to realize that there's an opportunity now to reverse this. And the most important thing is that you have the information that you need to do something And to reverse this trend, or you're potentially going to have show signs of decay, uh, and and your bones are uh, in your and your your minerals are going to suffer.
0: Yeah, this is really exciting to me. I definitely want to go check it out myself because I was faced. You know, before I found nutritional balancing, um, I, I wasn't feeling well and something was just wrong. And I went to my naturopathic doctor, said, find out what's wrong with me. And she ran all these tests and she wanted to do a bone density test. And I decided to decline because I felt like it would expose me to radiation. And that's something that I, even if I did have low bone density, I knew I wasn't going to go on bisphosphonates that I just decided I need to live a bone healthy lifestyle, doing weight bearing exercises and taking minerals and things like that. And so for me, this is exactly the kind of tool that I would want to use, um, to find out what, what I needed to be doing to improve my calcium status.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super simple, right? Because, uh, you'll, you'll, to, you'll find out, I think, that if you're not eating dairy, you're going to be at risk for breaking down your bones if you're not taking enough calcium. And um, even though, even if you have sugar and refined processed things out of your diet, and you're eating a phytonutrient dense diet, you know you can eat tons and tons of broccoli, but it, ju- it just doesn't have the calcium. And and so many people don't understand some simple symptoms that are related to calcium deficiency. So if they see the deficiency symptoms and they go, Oh yeah, I have that. Oh yeah. I'm eating a bunch of really good food, but I'm not getting very much calcium. Wow. Well, I really do need to supplement with calcium. I mean, it's really that simple, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, we, we think that we're doing everything right by taking sugar out of our diet, by eating really healthy, And then we find out, oh my God, in 10 years I could potentially have osteoporosis because I'm not thinking about my calcium. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And so that's, I love it that you developed this tool. I think it's so important for people to be, to begin thinking about it now and not before, not until they have a fracture or start having back pain, et cetera. And that drives them to their doctor because then it's, far more advanced so it's such an easy tool that i'm definitely going to be recommending to all my clients and listeners and readers go to because that people need to start thinking about this right now today
1: yeah exactly and it's really easy you just go to www.calciumcheckup.com forward slash 110 that's a special page for uh For the live to 110 listeners.
0: Yeah, so guys, go out there and check that out. It only takes five minutes. And so, Kim, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you know, what you do where are you and where the listeners can
1: find you? Well, my private practice is in San Jose, California. And so they can go to the millmanclinic.com to find out about my private practice. I really don't have a, uh, a very much of a social media presence. Uh, I'm, I've got a Facebook page and a fan page and I, I really don't keep up with it. So you're not going to find, <laughs> I, I like to do, I, I'm very interested in, in, in doing podcasts and, and sharing information with people like you. So um, that, that's about it. I'm I, by the time that that this is aired, uh, I'll probably have the beginnings of my new website, which will be KimMillmanMD.com. So you come for that and maybe around October and November. Okay, great. But yeah, I know. CalciumCheckup.com is is really where I'd like for people to go because that's my passion. And, and you know, that's, that's, the you know, I've just like spent months and months and months of my life trying to develop this and get it out there for people. I really want people to use it.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love it. I'm going to go check it out right now (laughs) because I'm really just, even though I supplement a lot of my minerals, I'm still interested in maybe if, uh, you know, maybe I could be doing something more for my bone health. So I'm definitely going to give that a look. (laughs) So Kim, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And guys, if you want to learn all about detoxification, the modern paleo diet, or healing your health conditions naturally, go check out dot 110com And you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at I will Live to 110 I'm also on YouTube. You can watch my modern paleo cooking show on Wendy Live to 110 And if you like what you heard on the show, please go give me a review in iTunes. A nice review will help me um, increase my visibility on the search engine. So, and that will Help me to spread my word on health. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.